this is my joint pleasure to read the scripture together with you this morning. Uh, some of you aware of a new sign legislation that passed last week that severely restricts the religion freedom by prohibiting any religious speech or any evangelization outside of places of worship in Russia. By same scenario, 20 years ago, Uzbekistan, the country where we are from, became number seven most persecuted country in the world. So this is a not surprise for us. There is nothing new under the sun. Many times people ask me, so how's the life in Russia? And I answer, it is like the bus trip. Bus trip? Yes. One is driving, the rest are shaking. And this is what life does with us. Many of you will agree with me that it doesn't matter where we live today, where we live in Russia or the United States or France, Turkey, any other place. Life brings so many different situations to us and shake us in a different waves and forms. And this is why when Pastor Jeff invited me to speak two months ago, God immediately reminded me about specific book in the Bible that I went to dig for one year when persecutions throw us out from our home country. And when in less than 20 hours we lost everything, my business, our ministry, our house, I couldn't say goodbye to my wife and children and parents, and we ended up in a transit in Moscow and there was a lot of, lot of questions. So today I would like us to go and read together and study together the most puzzling book in the Bible. One of the most puzzling book in the Bible. Many Christians are trying to skip this book because they think this book is full of pessimism. There are so many unorthodox statements that are just out of the harmony. But this is the book that we will spend time together today. This book starts with very motivational opening that sounds like vanity of vanities, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. And then, important question, what does man gain by all the toil at which he toils under the sun? What does man gain? What is the advantage? What is the point? Why? And if you, like me, I think many times, standing in front of the mirror early in the morning, brushing my teeth, I had this big question in mind. What is the point of everything what I'm about to do all day long today? Why do I spend my time in this? Or maybe driving in a terrible traffic, your kids to dancing, music, sports activities, you had a question that was louder than the radio music in your car. Have they will ever appreciate this time and money and energy that I spend on all these activities for them? Or maybe after a surprise birthday party, looking back at your life, you thought, what will I change if I live this life again? 
You see, there is so many questions that go through our mind every day. And my desire for us today is to see what the answer we, we can find in this book. We will not study the specific passage, but we will do the book overview because my desire is to see the Ecclesiastes through the new lens so we can find a pleasure and desire to go back home and study this book on our own. The preacher is Solomon, who is the son of David, the king of Israel. He is the most wisest, the most wealthiest, the most well-known figure at this time. He wrote three books in the Bible, and this book is, uh, he wrote probably at the last stage of his life. He starts this book with this question. What is the advantage? What does man gain by all the toil at which he toils under the sun? And you know, there are so many questions in this book. This is why if you will study this book on your own, first thing I would suggest you is to identify those questions. Identify the questions in this book because they are so rich. Isidore Rabi, the scientist who won the Nobel Prize in 1944, recalled the insightful story from his childhood. He grew up in the Jewish neighborhood of New York City, and every time he would get back home from his home, his mom would ask him the same question again and again and again. And the question was not about how was your day today or what did you learn in school. Her question was, did you ask a good question today? Did you ask a good question today? He created his mom's question, prompting his interest in science, and eventually discovered something new about this world. You see, Judaism is based on the tradition of questioning debates because questions are great tools to discover the truth. Question helps us to find and open the door to a new understanding. Solomon puts this question in front of us. He teaches us the art to ask the right question. And today, we will try to find the answer on one of these most important questions. Solomon wants us to focus on the most fundamental question of this life. Because if we don't find the answer on that, vanity and meaningless will be the everyday destination of our life. But you know, for many years, I would read these first three verses of Ecclesiastes, and I would skip the entire book. You know why? Because I thought this author, the author of this book is very depressed. This guy really had a very bad day, or maybe a week, or maybe a month. And when he writes this book, he definitely doesn't have a very good mood. So I don't feel better than him today. Maybe I just go back to the book of Psalms and find some uplifting verses for me. Or maybe move forward one book, which is the Song of Solomon, and will bring me in more romantic atmosphere. But this book is very important. And Solomon dedicates the entire life to find the answer. And I want us to read together. Let's go to the Word of God and we read in chapter 1, verse 13. 
and I applied my heart to seek and to search out by wisdom all that is done under the heaven. You see, Solomon has this question, what is the point of everything that I do in this life? In my knowledge, in my wealth, in my kingdom that I built, what is the point? And to find the answer, he dedicated the study and research, and he went thing by thing under the heaven to study everything. And as a result of this research, he makes the conclusion. It is unhappy business that God has given to the children of men to be busy with. If we want to find the meaning in everything that we do, in all this hard work and labors and toils of our everyday life, we need to understand that God has given us unhappy business to be busy with every day. And when we know what is this unhappy business to be busy with, then we find the meaning in everything that we do. I like the way the King James Version puts this together. I read just the second half of this verse. This sore travail has God given to the sons of men to be exercised therewith. The sore travails, the unhappy business, it's not something to possess, but something to practice, to exercise. I like the word exercise, maybe because I'm athlete or I work with the athletes, but exercise stood out to me. It's everyday routine that you go through. Last two weeks, we had an incredible group of 21 Jewish synchronized swimmers with us here in the woodlands. They came here for two weeks and they were hosted by six families of our church, Wood's Edge. And those families shine the love of Jesus and hospitality to them. Two of them are on the way to the next Olympic Games. And when you ask them, what does it mean for you exercise? They will say, on a regular schedule, it is eight hours a day, six times a week, six days a week. And if it's before competition, it is 12 to 13 hours a day, seven days a week. It's about 6,000 burned calories every day. They understand what is unhappy sports business is. <laughs> they understand what is the sore sports travails are. And Solomon says that God has given to us this so we can exercise that every day. And unless we do that, we don't find the meaning in this life. We don't find the answer, what is the point of everything that we go through? He confirms this again in chapter 3. Would you please look together with me, chapter 3, verse 9. And this is what the Bible says. What gain has the worker from his toil? I have seen the business that God has given to the children of men to be busy with. Chapter 6, verse 11. The more words, the more vanity. And what is the advantage to men? For who knows what is good for man while he lives the few days of his vain life, which he possess, which he passes like a shadow. For who can tell man what will be after him under the sun? It is not a secret for us that our life passes as a shadow. 
And as quick we find the meaning in this life, the more easy for us to understand what is the advantage to man. It is clear that Solomon wants to put in front of our face that we need to discover what are these exercises that we need to be busy with every day. And life shakes us in different ways, and every time something dramatic happens to us, we ask those questions. I remember when nine years ago, our home country kicked us out because of our faith in Jesus Christ, and we end up on transition uh, by UN here to Houston in Moscow. We live one year in Moscow on the 12th floor without elevator, three families together, and I would ask the Lord this question, why? Why do we need to go through this? And finally, United Nations called us and they say, your document's ready. Actually, the documents of your wife and two children are ready. They're able to go, but not you. And then I asked them, so when will I be able to go with them? They say, it may be next week or maybe 10 years. We don't know. But we think it's much better for you to let them go today rather than to wait until you get the documents. And now we're in the airport. I help them to check in. We go to the passport control. My daughter, she's three years old. My son is less than two years old. We, they pass in through the passport control, go through the glass doors. And now my daughter turns back to me and says, Daddy, why don't you go with us? Let's go to the airplane. And I cannot explain here that I'm not able to go with you. And I don't know if I will see you next week or maybe in 10 years. Everybody cried. I came back to my home, locked myself in the apartment, and I was asking this question, Lord, why? Why do you do this? Why do we need to go through this? We gave up everything for our faith. And why do we need to go through this? And maybe you are going through the stage of your life when you ask these questions to the Lord. Why did it happen to my family? Why did I lose my close family members? Why did my house was flooded? Why did I lose the job? Why did I get this bad report from the doctor? Or maybe something not so big but easy. Why do, does the remodeling cost me more than I expected? Or maybe why did I spend these 37 minutes on the full calling customer service? <laughs> we go through the different stages of our life, but the question is the same. And Solomon wants to give the clue to us to find the answer. And if we look careful, we find kind of a four different phrases that highlight in these verses. He keeps asking, pay attention to what is good for the children of men. Then he keeps reminding us that we live just few days of this vain life. Another clue, another key that opens the door to understanding is the business that God has given to us, something that we need to be busy and exercise. So if we keep these phrases in mind, these key words, and we read the book this again and again, we will find that there are some verses in the Bibles that give this as the answer. So I want us to look together through these verses. Let's go to chapter 2, verse 24, 25. 
24, 25. There is nothing better for a man. There is nothing better for a person that he should eat and drink and find enjoyment in his life. You see, now he gives the answer. There is nothing better. What? What is the best thing? To eat and drink so you can sustain your daily life. For what? The ultimate goal is to find enjoyment. To find enjoyment. This is also I saw is from the hand of God. God has given something to us. Unhappy business, something comes from his hand. For apart from him, who can eat or who can have enjoyment? In his rhetorical question, he repeats again, enjoyment, to find, to have enjoyment. Let's stay focused and we go to the next passage, which is in uh, chapter 3, verse 12. I perceive that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Nothing is better than to be joyful. Also that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toils. This is God's gift to man. This is God's gift to man. When you eat and drink so you can continue your labors, your hard work, your sword travails, your toils, you find joy. You take pleasure in everything that you go through. Chapter 3, verse 22. So I saw that there is nothing better than that a man should rejoice in his work. For that is his Lord. Who can bring him to see what will be after him? It is not about what will happen tomorrow. Many times we expect joy and enjoyment in life tomorrow. When I finish college, when I retire, when my kids leave the house, when I move to a bigger house, when I buy a new car. It's not about tomorrow. It's about enjoyment and take joy and take pleasure in what is happening today. Same idea repeats in chapter 5, verse 18. Behold, what I have seen to be good and fitting is to eat and drink and find enjoyment in all the toil which one toils under the sun the few days of his life that God has given for him. For this is his lot. Everyone also to whom God has given wealth and possessions and power to enjoy them and to accept his lot and rejoice in his toil, this is the gift of God. And very powerful statement we find in chapter 8, verse 15. And I command joy. I command joy. For man has nothing, nothing better under the sun but to eat and drink, to be joyful. For this will go with him in his toil through the day of his life that God has given him under the sun. What he keeps repeating throughout the book is enjoyment in life. Wow. Now I see the book of Ecclesiastes through the different lenses. It's not about how to get more depressed. It's not about vanity in my life. It's not about sadness. It's about joy. It's about how to enjoy life every day. It's about how to take pleasure in everything what is happening with me. 
This book teaches us how to be joyful, how to enjoy this life every day. And Solomon says from the beginning, if you don't know how to enjoy life, then vanity and meaningless will be always status on your Facebook. Every day. And God has given us this unhappy business. I don't know why Solomon puts that. Maybe just to express that to us. But to enjoy life is everyday exercise. It's not something that we possess, but it's something that we need to busy with every day. That reminds me of a story about something happened with my family when we were coming back home from a long, tough a mission trip, and we having this short connection in Istanbul. We landed, and when we got into the airport, we hearing the last boarding call on our plane. And we're on one end of airport, and we should be at the other end of airport. And hearing the last boarding call, that's not fun experience. Now I see, I grab my uh, youngest daughter, she was three years old, I have my heavy backpack, I have my carry-on bag, I'm running through the airport, it's the busiest day at the airport, people pushing me, I push people, we try to navigate, now I hear they call us by names, and I think that's not good. <laughs> I start panic, I start have fear, I, I think like, why? Why did I decide to go on this trip? Why did I decide to bring my family with me? You know, all these questions about why, why, why. Finally, we were able to meet it. Whew, I'm standing in front of the gate. I breathe in, I breathe out. I look at my daughter who is on my hands, and she has biggest smile on her face. And she's laughing, and she says to me, Daddy, I love this game. Let's do it again. No, not this time. And isn't that true about us? We go through this life like this crazy run for the final call at the airport. But we on our daddy's hands. And he wants us to enjoy everything. He wants us to enjoy when we stop at the gas station and realize we forgot our wallet. He wants us to rejoice when we come to a restaurant and there's a big line, 45 minutes wait. He wants us to rejoice every single moment because he created that for pleasure. And it's exercise. And Solomon, as a trainer, wants to train us through the book of Ecclesiastes how to avoid meaningless in life, how to avoid vanity in life, how to exercise joy so we can take pleasure in everything what is happening. And if you really want to enjoy this life, you need to take this training manual, the book of Ecclesiastes, and find key principles that train us how to enjoy life. And I want to highlight just some of them for you so you can get a taste and when you go back home, you can do the study on your own. Twelve chapters in this book. Every chapter gives us a key principle how to exercise joyful life. Doesn't matter what circumstances you go through. Chapter one, it teaches us 
Enjoying life is not one-time event. It's not one-time event. It is ongoing everyday exercise. When you feel good, when you feel bad, when you're happy, when you're not, it's everyday exercise, how to enjoy life. Chapter 2. When you read chapter 2, you see Solomon says, I had the most wealth, I had the most knowledge, I had the most wife, I have everything more than anyone else on this earth. But he teaches us, don't look for enjoyment in life in the wrong things or in the wrong places. Don't look for joy in life in the wrong things or wrong places. I like chapter 3. When we read chapter 3, very unusual, it starts with, for everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born, a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. And so on. So chapter 3 teaches us the key principle how to enjoy life is every single moment of my life is created for life enjoyment. Every single moment. Every moment that described in chapter 3 is for our joy. I don't know better way to illustrate this principle by just reading the email to you from our ministry team in Ecuador. We have ministry teams that uses sports all over the world. And after earthquake in Ecuador, they decided to go to the most remote areas in the jungles so they can share the hope and the good news to children. And what they've done doesn't make sense. And the numbers they explain, you think, wow, in human logic, it's not right. But through the eyes of God, it's correct. So as you see the numbers on the screen, just follow the email I read. So far, we have done two kids games program for kids in the areas affected by Ecuador A earthquake. We have traveled more than 2,700 miles on motorbikes, crossing mountains more than 10,500 feet high. We were beaten up by rain for more than six hours. We have overcome more than 15 big landslides while traveling. One motorbike was broken on the way. We got slipped off the road more than eight times. We're so happy that we reached 200 kids. We're planning to reach another 1,200 kids in coming months. We are so happy. Happy of what? Being beaten by rain for six hours? Fixing motorbike in nowhere, being in danger 15 times, escaping the landslides just to reach 200 kids. After this kind of mission trip, I would say, no more. <laughs> no more. But this guy saying, we're planning to reach another 1,200 kids in the coming months. Every single moment of my life exists to exercise enjoyment and life. If we plan to finish our business deal in two weeks and it lasted for two months, enjoy it. Enjoy every single moment that happens in your life. 
you finally were able to book a cruise vacation and out of seven days, five days were rainy, enjoy it. And I like how Ecclesiastes finished chapter 12 by bringing this statement to us. Chapter 12, verse 13. The end of matter, all has been heard. Fear God and keep His commandments. We're able to talk only three key principles in three chapters. But I've done this on purpose. So when you go back home and you spend your quiet time with the Lord next week, you can go back to the book of Ecclesiastes and dig, uh, dig more deeper, discovering what are some other practical tools that Ecclesiastes or Solomon shares with us how to enjoy life. But my friends, those who don't fear God yet, those who are not keeping His commandments, those who are not following Jesus, I want to tell you that there is no joy in life just like following Jesus. Even though we lost a lot of things because of our faith in Jesus, there was never a single moment in life when we regretted our faith in Jesus Christ. And today I want to challenge with you with the opportunity to make decision to fear God and keep His commandments. To make this decision to follow Jesus because this is the only true way how to enjoy life. And I would like all of us to stand up as we finish with a closing prayer. And those who are not believers in Jesus yet, but want to make this decision today, I would like you to pray with me. Jesus Christ, my Lord is Savior. Thank you for giving this life to me. Thank you for your death on cross so you can set me free from my sins to enjoy this life. And I want to fear you and I want to keep your commandments. Pour out your spirit on me so I know how to follow you and how to exercise enjoyment in life. Our God who is in heaven, we're so thankful for the life you've given to us. We're so, so thankful for the places we live, for the work we do, for family around us, for all the health and sickness that we have, for whatever we go through. And today, oh God, Father, we ask you, would you please train and teach us how to enjoy life? Because this life comes from you as a gift. And if we don't enjoy your gift, we don't enjoy you. And let us understand how serious it is. And let us go deeper through this book so we learn how to take pleasure in everything that we go through. In the name of Jesus, amen.